invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, I want to begin reading with verse 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. And if you're inclined, I invite you to read for the, or stand for the reading of God's Word. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion... While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, And a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. I want us to think about this thought. Finding focus in the church. Finding focus in the church. You may be seated. The book of Acts begins with the disciples gathered around Jesus. And he had been crucified, buried, and rose from the grave. And now here he was. And it felt like things were looking up for them, so much so that they said to him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? You see, the disciples shared the Jewish hope that the throne in Jerusalem would be ruled by a Davidic king. And it just made sense to them that if Jesus had the power to uh, come up from the dead and be there with them, when he was showing them his supernatural power and his sovereignty, that it just made sense that it maybe was for the purpose of setting up an earthly rule as king that he was back again. And to that question, Jesus responded, you don't need to know the times or the dates. And then he gave them a glimpse of what was going to happen in the near future for them. And the Bible says he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. So just as he said that to them, he was gone again. 
And it seemed to me that the disciples may have been on something like an emotional roller coaster because they had been with Jesus, watched him crucified and buried. He's alive. They spend time with him. And all of a sudden, he's gone again. And I think the disciples were wondering and questioning and really perplexed what was going on. Once again, they'd been left alone. Once again, they had to be thinking about what was happening and what was going to happen. And I think they were thinking to themselves, what now? And I got to thinking about that because I think we go through similar experiences. We do that personally. We go through times in our lives when things are up, they're down, they're up, they're down. We're asking questions, why, what, when, how come? But I... I got to thinking about this in terms of the church. And this morning, I want us to think about the church. Because I think there are times in the life of the church when we're going through a season when we're saying, why this? Why now? What's going to happen? What will the future look like? How come? And maybe... We've tried things in the church, it just didn't seem to work, and we wondered why they didn't work. Maybe circumstances have brought us to a place where we're saying, what's the next step? Maybe it's calling a pastor. What now? Who? Maybe we've given our resources and our time and energy in a way to to build the church, only to feel like in some ways maybe we've wasted that time and energy. Or maybe we've been hurt by something that's happened in the church, And we're wondering, why are we doing this? There's a lot of things that can happen, and a lot of things can happen in the life of the church. And I think sometimes it leaves us perplexed. It leaves us questioning. And just as the disciples saw Jesus' resurrection as an opportunity for him to take earthly rule as king... I think sometimes we look at the church and we think the church is a utopia and everything is perfect and we'll never have any problems in the church. But in reality, we know that there are times, there are seasons when we go through difficult times and times when we have questions and we're wondering what's going on. And when that is happening in our church, just as it is when it's happening in our lives, it's easy for us to lose focus of what God is really wanting to do. And where God is trying to take us. And so the disciples had to be reminded of what they were doing. They had to be reminded of the focus that Christ had for them and the church. And I think there are times in our lives when we need to be reminded of what God wants to do in and through the church. And this morning I want us to take a look at four truths from this passage that I think help bring that into focus for us. So the first one is this, that we can find focus in God's provision. We can find focus in God's provision. Luke wrote about, in the Gospel of Luke, all that Jesus said and did. And in this passage, he kind of brings it to a crescendo in verse 3 when he says to them that Jesus gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And then he reminds them or highlights for them a command that Jesus gave his followers. And that was that they would stay in or they would tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the gift the Father had promised them 
the Holy Spirit. And you, you remember that Jesus told his followers that when he left, he would send an advocate. In John chapter 16, the Bible says, But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father who where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. And a few verses later, he says, I have much more to say to you, but more than you can bear. But when he, the Holy Spirit of, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And a couple of chapters before that, in John 14, Jesus said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And so what was the disciples were being reminded of is that in the midst of their perplexity, wondering what was happening, what now, what was going to be coming, that they had something they needed to hang on to. And it was simply this truth, that God was providing his Holy Spirit to come to them and to comfort them and to help them and to advocate for them and to be their keeper. And that God was going to send the Holy Spirit to them to help them. He was gone for now, but he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And God provides his Holy Spirit for his church today. I think in the midst of our questioning and in the midst of our perplexity, in the midst of all those things that we don't understand why, what, or how, God has, is saying to us as a church, I've promised you my Holy Spirit. I'm providing the Holy Spirit for you. And he says to us, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you from John 14. And in Hebrews it says, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so the scripture reminds us that God, through the Holy Spirit, is providing the help and the strength and the guidance that we need. And the truth for the church this morning is, and it's our focus that we need to be reminded that Jesus has promised that God, through the Holy Spirit, is with us. Amen? He's with us. And he reminds us that the Savior is risen. He reminds us of the things that we've been taught. He reminds us that God, through Christ, is the victor, having proven to the world the truth about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. And who reminds us that he is with us always. And that's great news for the church today. That's great news for us. Even though when things aren't making sense and we don't understand what's going on, it's great news for us to understand that the Holy Spirit has been provided to us to be with us. A second truth in this passage that I think is important is we can find focus in the power God gives. So we can find provision. He said he would send the comforter. We can find focus in the power. In Jerusalem, 
God was going to pour out his Holy Spirit on the believers. It would be the coming of the advocate that he just promised them. He told them the advocate would come. And in Jerusalem, when the Holy Spirit came, it would be the fulfillment of that promise. And he said to them, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. The Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that you have been taught. And the Holy Spirit will fill you with power. God was going to do something in those disciples' lives that they had never, ever experienced before. He was going to fill them with a power, the Holy Spirit, that would equip them and enable them to be the church. That's what he was going to do. That's what Pentecost was all about, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And you know the account in Acts uh, chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and descended upon those believers with fire and filled them with the Holy Spirit. And the truth that you and I need to take to heart today as the church, that God has promised us his Holy Spirit. He promised it to us. And the Holy Spirit will come in our lives and fill us with power and equip us and enable us to be what he wants us to be. And it's this power, I believe it's this power, that makes the church the church. I think it's the power of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us that enables us to be the church that God wants us to be. And I believe that we need to think about that truth and we need to embrace that truth because as a, as a church, if we call ourselves a church, without the whole power of the Holy Spirit in our midst, we're just a bunch of people gathered together for some misdirected purpose. Without the Holy Spirit, what we're doing doesn't really matter except for maybe some fellowship and fun. But the church was born with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, to equip the disciples then to go out and to be the church. And this is the focus that the church needs to have, is that we need to, to embrace the truth that God promised us that he would send an advocate. And we need to come to a place in our own lives personally and spiritually where we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and we receive the Holy Spirit. And we need to come to a place as a church where we as a group of believers are fully filled with the Holy Spirit so that God can equip us and enable us to be the church. Amen. It's true. It's gospel. It's what the Bible says, and it's the focus that we have to have as a church. Every believer baptized with the Holy Spirit, and the church then equipped to be the church. A third truth is that we can find focus in the purpose that God gives us. We can find focus in the purpose that God gives us. Having spent nearly the last three years with Jesus the disciples probably wondered what they were going to do now. He was gone. He was gone. He came back. Now he's gone again. And they probably wondered what the future would hold for them. But the Bible tells us that as they tarried in Jerusalem and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, that it would change their lives. 
And in Acts 1, Jesus told them, you're going to be witnesses. And you're going to go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you are going to talk about me. So if we think about that and kind of break it down a little bit, here's what it means. The Holy Spirit was going to fill them with power. Teach, guide, and remind them of everything they needed to know so that they could go tell the world about what they had heard and seen about Jesus. You with me? The Holy Spirit was coming upon their lives to remind them of what they had been taught, to teach them the things that they needed to know, and to guide them in the places that they were to go so that they could talk about what Jesus said and did. And the Holy Spirit was going to equip them, enable them to do that so that they could be the church. And that is the focus of the church. It was their new reality after the day of Pentecost that they were going to go everywhere around the world and they were going to tell people about the things they had heard and seen in Jesus, the things they were taught, the things they were reminded of, the things that the Holy Spirit was guiding them to do, and he was filling them with his power to equip them and enable them to do it all. And that was what the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming upon their lives was all about, to cleanse them, yes, but to empower them to be the church. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon our lives... God changes us in much the same way. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, he empowers us. And he reminds us of the things that we've been taught and the things we've heard. He teaches us new things that we need to know. And he guides us to the places he wants us to go in order that we can live Christ. In order that we can talk about the things we've heard and seen. So that we can lift up Jesus. I think sometimes we make more out of that than we we should. Because in my mind's eye, in my heart, I think what the Bible is telling us that God fills us with the Holy Spirit, cleansing us from our natural nature, yes. But filling us with the power, reminding us of the things that we need to know in order that through our disposition... And through our character, through our attitudes and our behavior, through our integrity, through our ethics, that we live Jesus. Sometimes I think we think we have to be evangelist or we have to have a great gift of of teaching or a gift of whatever. That's not it. What it is is the Holy Spirit comes upon us teaching us and reminding us and showing us what we need to know in order that through our disposition and our character, our attitude and behavior, our integrity and our ethic, people see Jesus in us. And it's such that people want to know Jesus. And we begin to live Christ and we live through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, enabling us to be faithful to the things that he's called us to do. And we then live as witnesses in our homes and in our neighborhoods and in our community and in our city and around the world. But what we do is we live in a way that people see Jesus in us 
And it's the people that see us every day at work and at school and at church, across the fence in the backyard, wherever it may be, people see Jesus in us. And the Holy Spirit comes upon us and equips us and enables us to do just that. And that's the focus that we need to understand, that God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit on the church, that every believer would be baptized with the Holy Spirit in order that through their disposition and character, attitude, and behavior, and integrity, and ethic, and everything else, that they lift up Christ. And through lifting up Christ, they become witnesses to the things that God wants to give them, a purpose. The fourth truth in this passage is we can find focus in the promise God gives us. We can find focus in the promise. The disciples had something to look forward to, and it came with the two men that appeared with them. The Bible says two men dressed in white, probably angels, stood with them and said to them, this same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. And just as the disciples had been promised that the Holy Spirit would come upon their lives, and he did on the day of Pentecost and filled them, they were now promised that Jesus was coming again. And so they may have questioned and wondered what they would do now with Jesus gone from their midst, but they were given a promise that Jesus was coming again. And the only thing they had to do between the time the Holy Spirit came upon their lives and the time when Jesus came, uh, comes again is they just had to be faithful. They just had to be faithful in living out the Holy Spirit in their lives, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in and through them to be the church. That's all they had to do. They just had to be the church. And the truth of the gospel this morning is simply this, that Jesus is coming back again. And when he comes, he's not going to be looking at how many accolades we have hanging on the wall or how many material assets we own or the size of our bank accounts. He's not going to be looking for all the earthly things and, and treasures that we store, but he's going to be looking to see if we were faithful. If we were faithful to being filled with the Holy Spirit and through our disposition and character attitude and behavior, integrity and ethic, and other attributes that we lived Christ. And that the people in our home saw Jesus in us. And the people in our community saw Jesus in us. And as the Holy Spirit reminds us and teaches us and guides us, that we then, as we have opportunity, would talk about the things we've heard and seen. Jesus is coming again. And he's going to be looking for those people who have gathered together as the church and been filled with the Holy Spirit, who have been faithful and who are expecting his return. And I believe this morning with all my heart that gives the church hope. I think that gives us hope. Because in the midst of all of our human wandering and wandering, we have this truth that Jesus is coming again. And in the meantime, 
All we need is to be faithful to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, enabling us to do what he has called us to do. And so if we're believers and we've been filled with the Holy Spirit and we're joined together as believers filled with the Holy Spirit, we're the church. And we're part of the church that the disciples uh, were a part of on the day of Pentecost. We're a part of the church of ages past. We're a part of the church today. And we're going to be part of the church that's raptured up when Jesus comes again. But it all hinges on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and changing us and changing the church. So this morning, finding focus in the church, we find focus in the provision. God said he had sent us a comforter. We find focus in the power that the Holy Spirit transforms us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We find focus in the purpose that God has called us to live faithfully living out Christ and we find focus in the promise that Jesus is coming again and for all those who were found faithful they're going to spend eternity with him amen the church finding focus in the church you know I'm just convinced this morning that that as a church we really need to find focus and I'm talking about the global church. I'm talking about the church at large. We, we really need to focus on what God wants to do in our lives. And even in the midst of our perplexity, God teaches us, reminds us, and guides us in the things he has for us. Amen.